This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Welcome. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, and you're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, knowledge, training, and development. I want to thank our sponsors, Henry Schein. I want to thank our sponsors, Vocal Dental Supply Company and Patterson Dental. Without their support, these podcasts would not be possible. I'd also like to give a shout out to Mr. David Wolf and his podcast team, who spend an enormous amount of time making these professional podcasts available to our listeners. Tonight, we have two special guests. They're here to discuss to the dental profession and any professional profession out there, whether it be medical, chiropractic, podiatry, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on with Alignment Realty Capital. And my two guests are Ben Sachs and Jake Gallagher. They started this company. They're located in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'd like to just say, Ben and Jake, could you tell us a little bit of background about your company? Sure. And thank you so much for having us, Dr. Coughlin. So we formed Alignment Realty Capital in May of 2020. And it originally began as a real estate venture where we saw an opportunity to partner with businesses, uh, especially during the pandemic, and really help provide them capital to help grow their business, or in the case of the pandemic, help save their business from whatever they might have been facing at that time. But fast forward uh, about 12 or 18 months, and we have hyper-focused on the dental and orthodontic industry. We believe there is a tremendous opportunity to partner with growing group practices or DSOs, to really help funnel capital back into their businesses, which can be used to, as I mentioned, grow the business, pay off debt, or any other use internally with that company, but where real estate can be used as a means of capital and alignment realty capital through direct acquisition of properties through a few different strategies can partner with those groups and help them grow. Ben and Jake, since most dentists are small business operators and their expertise is more in the biological sciences and healthcare, and we're sort of weak in the business area, work us through what you would consider a bread and butter transaction. Let's just say Dr. Smith or Dr. Jones has one, two, three, or four dental practices that they own. They own that real estate, 
And they're in that 55 to 65 year age group. And they're looking at an exit strategy. They realize that this important asset, something has to be done. Are they going to pass it on to their children? Are they going to sell it to an MSO, a DSO? Are they going to turn it over to an associate? What's the strategy and what would be a formula or a recommendation to familiarize our listeners tonight and how a basic transaction, if there's such a thing, would occur? Yeah, thank you for the question. You know, we we get that a lot and we've worked with practice brokers as well to try to solve that problem because in many cases, when people are looking to transition, dental in particular, a lot of the business owners do happen to own their real estate more so than others. And the number is about 30 to 40% of practice owners own their real estate. So, you know, a down the fairway deal for us is a single tenant freestanding building, which means there's no other tenants that occupy it. It's just the dentist. And we can really come in in a few different ways. We can either come in before you make the transition and sell your practice, or we can come in simultaneously and close with the new prospective buyer, whether that's a new group or a DSO, whatever it may be. And ultimately, we try to structure a new lease, which is typically 10 years or more in term, that conforms to kind of market rental rates and is something that the practice can comfortably pay within their business. And and then we we do is we apply a multiple to that rent and that's how we come up with the value. And, you know, we have practices that we work with that uh, rely heavily on appraisals and, and what that number comes back with. And generally what we found is that we're pretty close in line with those appraisals, but we're happy to work with dentists that own the real estate to to work through that process and come with the number that works for them. As far as uh, Ben and Jake, if you were to talk about a general dental practice or an orthodontic practice, I know sometimes marketing is between two and 4% of gross revenues. The laboratory bills should be between eight and 12% of gross revenues. What do you feel the rent should be as a percentage of gross revenues? So it varies practice by practice, but typically the numbers we see are between three and 6% for total occupancy costs, which includes the rental rate itself, and then additional what are called triple net expenses, which are kind of the common area maintenance, taxes, and insurance for the real estate. Okay. So if the gross revenues are $100,000 a month, Anywhere between three and $6,000 would be the estimated CAM charges and real estate charges. Is that a fair assumption for our listeners to walk away with? That's typically what we see. Obviously, there are outliers on both sides, but that is the range that is usual. And when we started this conversation, I want to make sure that I, as the interviewer, understood that ideally between 30 and 40% of the dental market own their real estate. But if I understood you, the ideal situation would be a standalone building that has no tenants other than that dentist or orthodontist. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's exactly right. And each situation may have its little nuances that is one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on is being able to work through those nuances. So while it's not a complete red X, if that's not the situation, that's definitely the down the fairway option for us. And let me just expand on that question. If that 
standalone building has tenants, but those tenants are other dentists, orthodontists, or healthcare providers. Does that help or hurt the situation? Or do you look at that the same way as if you had a hair salon in the building, a restaurant in the building? Yeah. So I guess taking one step back, the kind of platform we put together is a dental fund. And we have investors that are investing their capital with us to deploy into dental and orthodontic property. And so kind of as fulfilling that vision of creating a dedicated real estate vehicle for dental and orthodontic property, that is our focus. And so I think as long as it's dental and orthodontic operators, that is much easier for us to work with. And we've worked on transactions with multiple different dental groups. I think there's not a set number if it's 51% or 75% where it's the main dental practice relative to third-party tenants. But so long as it's the material majority, dental and orthodontic groups, we can consider opportunities where there might be a real estate office, say, in one of the smaller suites. But again, bread and butter for us is one building, one dental or orthodontic group. But again, we do have the luxury of being a small real estate group and have some flexibility around those uh, case studies. If we could just dive a little deeper into this hypothetical, let's say Dr. Smith has a, a property of roughly three to 5,000 square feet. They're paying between 18 and $25 triple net for the rent. The building is debt-free and the appraisal on the building is, let's say, $1.2 million. How do you work backwards so that your investors see a profit margin, alignment, realty capital sees a profit? How do you work those numbers so that all parties walk away feeling that they've been satisfied? Yeah, so it's important for us to know that everybody in the transaction walks away happy and is making their money in the appropriate ways. And, you know, that's certainly something that everybody wants to see. And so for us to look at a transaction, we can look at it a little bit differently than an operating business because we're backed by a physical piece of real estate. So we're able to accept a slightly lower return than you might do on an operating business. And so when we go into something, we look at is what is the current yield that we can generate, which in real estate is frequently called a cap rate. And that's just the rate of return that, that we receive from the rent divided by the purchase price for the building. Our total return is comprised of that rental rate that we receive, plus any appreciation that happens on the property over the time that we hold it. And based on your expertise, I know each area of the country is different, but the majority of our listeners are in the Northeast region here, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Maine, New York, Vermont, Rhode Island, et cetera, et cetera. How do you see right now that commercial real estate? Do you see it uh, uh, appreciating at 8%? Do you see it depreciating? What's your analysis uh, show you? for the general Northeast area? Sure, so one of the things that we do like about our company is that we're able to go everywhere. So, you know, we own practices in, in real estate in five different states at the moment and are looking to grow. And so each one, as you mentioned, has its own different drivers that contribute to how fast something grows. But there's really two components that go into the valuation of a property and that's the rental rate 
and then uh, the capitalization rate uh, that I mentioned earlier. And so both of those things can drive the value. And so we see rental rates on average going up between two and 3% every year, which provides for some sort of value creation. And then on the other side of the coin, you have capitalization rates, which work inverse. So as cap rates go down, prices go up. And it's our thesis that the dental market is early in its iteration and cap rates will continue to go down, which will cause values to go up. And so for that reason, you know, one of the, we've built in a few bells and whistles for practice owners to continue to have exposure to dental real estate by investing in the fund, either through a tax deferred or after tax manner that allows them to benefit from that value creation that we believe will happen. So what is your company's background in history, say? Let's just say you purchased this $1.2 million property from Dr. Smith. And does Dr. Smith able to take 200000 of that, 500000 of that? Is there a limit to how much Dr. Smith could put an equity back into the fund as a long-term investment? At this point, it's entirely up to that doctor. If he wishes to invest the full amount or none of the amount, we have optionality for both of those selections. I can get into a bit more specifics uh, either now or down the road on how exactly that's structured and looked at from a tax perspective. But there is a structure that allows you to contribute property to a fund and defer any capital gains tax. There is a structure where you can pay the tax and invest the proceeds after tax, but we have the flexibility to allow either scenario. And again, our thought process there is that some sellers do want to take the money and retire and move on or do anything with those funds. And some do have a vested interest in maintaining exposure to both their assets and dental real estate in the aggregate. And we believe it's an attractive opportunity to essentially contribute your asset to a larger pool where, again, our thesis is that over the next few years, dental real estate as a category of an investment will continue to appreciate faster relative to many other asset classes. And that by building a large portfolio with geographic diversification, operator diversification, and just physical real estate diversification, there will be a premium that will be realized that any doctor that wishes to contribute um, and invest in the fund will be able to realize. Again, if you're not comfortable or I'm deviating from the direction that you'd like to go, but in your experience, every business that I've ever dealt with should have some kind of exit strategy. Whatever that exit strategy is, every business has it. Is the goal of alignment realty capital at some point to sell out to a larger hedge fund or venture capital? And let's say my investment of $100,000 in that fund, does that get paid out upon the dissolution or the sale of that fund? Or does that get carried on and there's just a constant monthly, quarterly, or yearly return on that investment? So it's an interesting question. As I mentioned earlier, we are a very small kind of boutique company. And for our investor base, the capital that we've raised and are putting to work doesn't have a definitive return period. So 
I know that there are other groups that have similar platforms that are private equity backed or have a more definitive fund life and an exit date kind of through structure. And so we don't have kind of a end date specified for our fund and we don't have kind of an exit strategy um, in a definitive manner. So for us, this is an extremely long-term cash flow vehicle where our objective is to basically return a consistent dividend to our investors and dental groups that wish to invest in our fund. Currently, that is in the roughly 7 to 8% range as kind of a quarterly dividend paid to our investors. And again, there's no definitive exit for as long as we can continue to build up this fund. We expect to keep aggregating properties and, and cash flowing. There might be a refinance. There could be a sale. But at this point, a long-term cash flow play is kind of our exit strategy or our operational strategy. Thank you very much. I just want to be safely assumed this is a privately held company. It's not a public company, correct? And the principals, are there more than the two of you? Are there other principal owners associated with your organization? Yeah, so it is a private company and we are set up as an LLC. And I know that many people who are semi-familiar or adjacently familiar with real estate frequently associate real estate companies as REITs. There are pluses and minuses to both LLCs and REITs. And, you know, it may make sense for us down the road to make that transition. But at the moment, we're structured as an LLC and it's myself, Ben, and our third partner, Gary Linhart, who are the principals of the company. Well, one of the reasons why I asked you to take from your busy schedule is I felt that our listeners could benefit from your knowledge and expertise. I speak and am with dentists every day for almost the last 40 years. I still am a practicing dentist full time. And I, I know that when we're done talking about clinical issues, it usually comes down in that 45 to 65 year age group. What are we doing? If our sons and daughter aren't interested in taking over the business, if our associates are not interested in taking over the business, what do we do with this asset? What's the most comprehensive and sensible approach? And my personal opinion was what the three partners are doing, I think could benefit our dental organization and exposing you to a podcast like this, hopefully will entertain questions and perhaps leads for you and your company. For people who wanna know more and get more involved, how can they reach out? How do they contact you? How do they get in touch with you? So we can be contacted directly. Probably email is the easiest option. My personal email is my first name, Ben, B-E-N, at alignmentrc.com. Our website is alignmentrc.com, and there's a bit of information about our dental platform. Uh, we've actually launched a video series that has kind of simplified step-by-step how-to videos, if you'll call them, that walk through various transaction structures, specifically in the dental real estate space. We also have a brief interview with one of the dental groups we worked with that sold us some of their assets and kind of seeded this fund for us. So again, our website or email is a great way to reach out to us. Well, I want to thank you both very much. I look forward to having you back so we can maybe get into a little deeper discussion 
because my personal belief is this could be helpful to so many dentists. As you mentioned, 30 to 40% of the dental field owns their real estate. And sometimes that can be an advantage and sometimes it can be a disadvantage. I think the older we get, and as we look at exit strategies, companies like yours that have an excellent reputation and background could be a huge benefit to our organizations. I want to thank you both. We've been listening to Ben Sachs and Jake Gallagher, and their company is Alignment Realty Capital. They're out in the Arizona area, but they're available in almost every state, and they'd be happy to hear from you and talk to you in a little bit more depth. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You've been listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, knowledge, training, and development. I want to thank our podcast company, David Wolf, for their expertise and our sponsors, Patterson Dental, Vocal Dental, and Henry Shine Dental. Thanks again to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show and learned something, and I look forward to getting back to Ben and Jake in the near future. Thanks again, and have a pleasant evening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.